You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond, the Guild 9 Gaming Podcast, covering board games, the war games, and beyond. Welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. This is your New Year's preview. New Year and New You. Dan, <laughs> here you are. New Year, New You. We're, we're here to help you be a better you. As a you gamer, you. <laughs> so, you gamer, you. So come on in and sit down by the warm winter fire. You know, put your feet on the the bearskin rug and let's talk about gaming together and how 2022 can be your best gamer year ever. Bong. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> it's gonna be great. We're looking forward to 2022. 2021 was okay. It was okay. How was it for you, Dan? It was uh, it was like a transition year because 2020 was a burning dumpster fire. So and, would you uh, say it's like 2021 was like more of a smoldering ashes? Yeah, it was a smoldering doused dumpster fire of a year. So it was better fundamentally, but still ain't there yet. So yeah, yeah, it not quite as bad, but you know it still was not quite as good. We didn't I can't even remember in 2021 and 2020 I, like. I can't remember what I did in either year. That it just all blends together with the pandemic. Yeah, we had civil unrest, pandemic, and an election year all in one. I'm pretty sure I just heard time. Jason call it plandemic. 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 Okay. I can't remember did the uh, uh, the uh, all the fires in Australia was 2019, right? Ooh, I I don't remember. See, that was, those were terrible. There was they a, were it was terrible. huge. I think it was no, it was twenty twenty. It was it was, was like it January of twenty twenty. Yeah, that's there. Yeah, somewhere. it just got totally um, totally overshadowed by yeah. lockdown that happened around the world. <laughs> yeah, they're like, guys, this is the worst thing that'll happen this year by far. Yep, and then now oh, we all got to stay home. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's all zoom. What's on fire? Who cares? I have to use what's, zoom. What's a zoom? What's a Zoom now? We yeah, know. that's a, yeah, well, anyways. Ooh. So, 2022, though. New year, new you. Jason, are you looking forward to 2022? I guess. I'm looking forward <laughs> to one year closer to kicking my kids out the door. <laughs> yes, you are. I'll have, I'll have another one, uh, 2022, that leaves for college. So that'll oh, be, really? That'll be two uh-huh. out of the house, and we'll just keep, uh, keep uh, just, the dollar signs flowing. Just keep that assembly line moving. Yes. That's the right. secret yeah. is to stop making them three kids ago. That's right. <laughs> You're like, we should have shut down production a while right. ago. It took us it took us six, but we finally figured out what was happening. Yeah. No vasectomy. <laughs> Gosh dang it. How does this keep happening? Right, right, right. Oh <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, per the usual, let's start with our geek week. Jason, why don't you kick us off this week? Okay, well, I'll start with the f- first one that was fun was uh, Aliens Fireteam Elite. Uh, nice. So, yeah, boy, that's a fun little game. It's it's really kind of like a horde mode game. Uh, so it's a co-op game, right, uh, where you are okay. you get a mission and you flow through the story mission. Uh, and you're basically just running around inside this uh, uh, kind of deep derelict space station. Uh, moving from room to room, and as you get to certain choke points, you know you'll get bombarded by a horde of aliens, and you'll you'll just kind of stay there and and uh, and fight all these aliens for you know probably a couple minutes, and if you survive, then you kind of make your way through this space station to the next one. It's really a rinse and repeat. 
um, with different feels of hallways and stuff. But uh, the and the Xen. I mean, this is this is um, this isn't like what? Oh my gosh, what are these aliens like in, in Alien or Aliens? The movie. This is you know what it is. You know what Xenomorphs are. Um, uh, so there's no there's no secrets here. Uh, there are various bosses. There are you know there are like spitters and uh, warriors. And so there's different casts. Um, I play it on the PC right now uh, with uh, yep, and because uh, it's on the Xbox Games Pass, which also applies to the PC because Xbox yep. Game Pass applies to the PC. And um, you know I play online with it, it's it's a co-op game, so you do it does matchmaking when you jump in. Uh, I've only played it for maybe four or five hours, not even that, maybe like three hours. Um, and you know what? I think it's it be, it's one of those fun games. It's not super deep, but you can level up everything like all the games are today. Like you level up a certain gun, the more you use it, and unlocks perks. Mm. You can get uh, consumables. You can get uh, you know all the standard stuff you get today. Um, it's a it's a fun game if you love aliens. It's not super complex. Um, I could see it being challenging if you like kind of hold the fort kind of games, you know. Um, and if you like aliens and you like space, the sound effects are great. The game looks beautiful. It has the standard like aliens gun sound, you know, which I think is kind of a unique machine gun sound that yeah. isn't really in a lot of other. It's kind of a high pitched whale. Yeah. That... <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how to do it, but um, yeah, it's really really fun. It really feels like you're in the aliens universe. Uh, so I'd recommend giving it a shot, especially if you Game Pass. It's it's free anyways. Would I pay sixty for it? I wouldn't pay sixty for it. I'd this wait, is why we pay, have Games Pass. Yeah, would I pay forty for it? If you like that kind of what I said, like hold the fort kind of game and upgrade consumable grind, <laughs> then yeah, this is probably fun. But I I I don't think it is cross platform though, so I'm gonna have to download on the Xbox if we want to play. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's it, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm a big Aliens fan, so I love the universe. I love the feel of the mo- all of the movies, uh, and I think we've talked about that before. But yeah, well, I recommend giving it a try. Very good. That was the first one. The second one was, oh boy, some another week of Star Citizen Bug Central. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, I mean, the game is it's so much fun. But so frustrating at the same time, and the reason it's fun is because I love, I love highly immersive stuff, and this game has such a potential to be highly immersive. I mean, uh, you know, y- you're running around on stations. You actually like hit the elevator call button. You search through the floors. You go, you know, you go. You got all the buttons in your you ship. You can press all the buttons. Literally search through the floors. Yeah. Through the floors. Yeah, through the floors. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but, oh, my gosh, dude. I mean, it is so buggy that I have a really high tolerance for problems in games. Yeah. Like, even if, even if like, some crazy bug happens and my ship randomly explodes and i got to go get a new ship, like, I'm okay with that every now and then. But, uh, but this game, I mean, I'll give you an example, right? So, like, I'm trying to... Um, I'm trying to do a mission where I got to go to, you know, some some planet's moon that has a station, drop down, run in the station and clear the station of pirates. Uh, so it's got a first person shooter element to it, too. So I'll, I got to first I, you know, take the metro into town and I go buy a gun and I get my gun and you got to, you know, buy all the clips. and You got to put the clips on your belt and because, you, you know, there's not infinite ammo in the game. You actually have ammo clips with bullets inside oh, the clip. It, yeah, they're they're trying pretty hard to be pretty immersive and real so then i i take the metro back to the spaceport 
summon my spaceship, get it on the pad, re- take the elevator back to the pad, get on the spaceship, request you know clearance from ATC, leave the thing, exit atmosphere, hyper jump to the moon, land on the moon, get out, and realize I have no gun. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Oh. So then I go to my inventory. I have nothing in my inventory. I'm just standing there naked in like, well, in my flight suit. So you I'm like, were okay. Of buying that gun. I'm like, okay, what happened? Well, so then I realized I put a back. I bought a backpack and I put the backpack on. Well, when you put the backpack on, it takes your primary weapon off of your back and puts it back into your inventory, which is stored on the planet that you bought the backpack on. Okay, so then I get back in the ship, go back up wow. to space, go back through hyperdrive, back to the space station, land on the space station. Spending gas money. Spending gas money, request the ATC, get on, finally take the elevator back to the pad, <laughs> find my gun in inventory, mount the gun on the side of my backpack. I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to go. Okay. I'm like, I'm going to buy a couple more ammo clips just in case because I'm sure I'm just going to spray and pray. Don't do pray, it. Right? So I buy a bunch more ammo clips, and I think, I need to put these ammo clips onto my belt. So I right-click the ammo clip. Rather than drag it onto my belt, I right-click it and say, equip. What does it do? It equips it in place of my gun, which deletes the gun from the game. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, what the crap? At this point, I have spent almost all of the in-game money I have trying to get myself ready to go do this thing. So I'm like, okay, this is it. So I buy one more gun. I put it on the other side. Of the backpack. I'm like, I'm not touching anything with my inventory. I go through the whole thing, take the Metro Tram back to the spaceport, request, you know, summon the ship, go back to the hangar, get on the ship, summon blah, 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 exit atmosphere, blah, 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 all that stuff, right? So this is like 45 minutes of real time later, right? I finally land on the planet, and I, because all of the controls and buttons you have to actually push, you know, to like you have to you have to open the canopy and get out of the canopy. You got to turn your engines off, all that stuff. I land on the planet. I've got everything. I'm ready to go. I look down to push the power off so that my ship won't fly away. And for some reason, the game thought I wanted to hit the eject button. So instead <laughs> um. of turning the ship off, I pulled the eject, launched myself <laughs> 400 feet into the air. The ship explodes. I have no parachute and fall to my death on the planet's surface. So then I wake up, you know, in the medical chamber and I have no cash to buy any more equipment to go redo a mission and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm done. Space sucks. Uh, space there's, is horrible. There's, there's uh meanwhile the bad guy is like sipping tea oh, and like yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. They've already killed everybody on the station. <laughs> right. Yeah, they, I mean they've already had they've already had like three three like cycles of you know cargo lifts of the crap that they were stealing off of the planet you know whatever <laughs> it's and it's just so it's little stuff like that um, little little oh oh the, my favorite one was today my my favorite one was today I um I got uh I, I got another mission uh, you know I'm do a transport of like a package so I'm like okay we're just gonna we're going to get this package and put it in the ship. We'll gain a little bit of money so I can buy a gun again and do some of the fun stuff. So I, I exit, do all the stuff, get out into space, and notice I have no navigation markers. I'm like, I can't navigate anywhere in space. It's like, why do I have not have any navigation markers? Where'd they go? So I get online, and there's some. I'm reading these forms to say, if you don't have any navigation matters, first check to see if you actually have a head in the game. Take your <laughs> helmet off. I'm like, What? <laughs> So I take the helmet off. I have no head. My that head is, is just so completely gone. Cool. 
So I, You're in Twilight Zone, man. I know. So and I look on the forms. The only way to fix your head is to reset your character completely. So I have to reset my character completely, which what? resets all of the equipment you have, everything. But all you know what it doesn't do? It doesn't reset the money. So I still have only like 200 bucks to my name. <laughs> oh and I'm a completely gosh. brand new character. I'm like, this is so buggy and broken. It's almost unplayable from a new character. But Jay, it's still fun. Jay, you, you, you <laughs> but always it's still are, fun. Jay is always on the fringe of something that's like new and cool. It's like, before I get into it, everybody and their dog has to have played it, beat it, and is tired of it. Jay's, yeah. Jay leans into the future and is like, wow, this is different. This is unique. This is innovation. I'm interested. I'm going to plunk some money down. I'm going to play it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work this thing out. I don't have the patience for any of that. So I give you kudos this one's for, rough. For, for going in the deep end with these guys that clearly are not ready for prime time. No, and what's funny is that this game's been in alpha for like eight years. Alpha, okay. Yeah, so they're just, they're just a bunch of dudes who keep raising money and, and continuing to add really cool stuff without really hardening what they have already. Yeah. And I think, that, uh, the, I think the only people left in their community are the people that are just goofing around, like, having fun and don't care. And, like, all the people who really, like, who really cared are uh, probably moved on to other things at this point. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. I, I don't – at this point, you know, with how long they've been going in alpha and how big – I mean, the game is massive in terms of content right now. Maybe not stuff you can do, but just in terms of all of the stuff that is there – I, I don't see this thing ever getting past where it is today. Wow. Uh, yeah. Unless they get a crazy round of funding and, like, triple their team. Right. Their team size. But well, anyways. You've done, the, you've done the Headless Horseman mod, which is cool. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, fun game. If you don't mind dinking around, just met the cost of entry is a little high. I think it was about 40 bucks to get a starter pack to be able to play the game. And to be able to play a game that's really not complete, I probably wouldn't recommend it unless you just got spare change and you love just you know, doinking around in space. <laughs> doinking, but, uh, yeah, doinking for all around you in space. doinkers in space, we found your game. <laughs> yeah. If you want to hear about bugs, jump on board. Yeah. I tell you, it is a beautiful game, and it has a level of immersion that I think other games are trying to achieve but haven't yet, and it, it shows because they're not quite there yet. But anyways, that was my Geek Week. I mean, it sound and and this thing was like a resource hog on your on your computer too. Right? Yeah, it is a resource. I mean, it's totally not optimized. Everything. Yeah. Well, when your head goes missing, I think that's yeah. a clear sign that it's not optimized. Well, what's funny is what they have tied. They're trying too hard. Like the fact yeah. that I can still run around and see everything. I can get in my ship, interact, but I don't have my HUD markers in space just because i don't have a head like why would my head be tied to seeing the galactic markers right yeah, your head is just you know it's just a graphic <laughs> i mean imagine the code if head that's the equals thing yes yeah. then yeah. navigation markers yes if head equals no yeah then <laughs> navigation markers equals no right you're like who would write that? Well, the thing is, I'm sure that's not what's written, and it's some deep bug that nobody understands. Yeah, because it's not that it's not that simple. It's I it's know. some yeah, goofy yeah. thing. In the, but anyways, that was my geek week. Just doinking around. With, I I know I keep saying that word. I'm saying that intentionally because of how this game feels. But <laughs> I don't I I don't know how much longer I'm going to be messing around with this game. But uh, it is fun right now, at least. And I mean, while it's still fun, I'll keep doing it. 
I need to ask you on behalf of the podcast to never stop playing that game. We need to know know more. We don't want to waste our time. What happened this week? We want to hear about what ridiculous dumb thing you had to suffer through to not fight an alien and to buy three guns, none of which ever got loaded on your Oh, my gosh. I have plenty more, but I will save the time for you guys for your geek week. It's like the GM of that game really just hates you. It's just messing with you. Uh, He's probably sitting on a beach somewhere. Probably. Yeah. He's like, oh, uh, 25% funding for that, 75% funding for me. Yeah. yeah. Got to pay a salary, you know. Got to pay myself a salary. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Dan, how's your geek week, buddy? Not very geeky. Really enjoying The Expanse. We're into episode two Ooh, right now. Oh, it's good. I just watched episode two. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I just love being back in that universe, man. And I love... I didn't realize how many empty plot threads they left in at the end of season five, which obviously they, they had a bunch, but um, it's the same old show, the same great people, same great showrunners. The graphics are amazing and it's just comfy. You know, here we are in season six. So um, if you're not an expanse fan, you know that they'll get to the end of season six and the story will conclude. So jump on board season one. If you're an Amazon person. I need to get back into I, like that. I told you this before, and I've said this on the podcast, right? That I was reading the books, and it was my my book library that I subscribed to was missing like a middle book. Yeah, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, we just don't have that book." And the only place to get that book was Audible at the time, and I yeah. just was like anti Audible because of that. And I I need to pick that series back up. Yeah, it's a, I I never read the books, but the show is fantastic. So good. Yeah. So it, good. It, Whatever they did in the books is translating into a great show. I know. I, 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 since we talked on the podcast last, I still have not gotten to minute 21 of Wheel of Time. Right. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't got back there. Maybe I will. But now that The Witcher's out, Wheel of, <laughs> time, I, well. Wheel of time is whoop, not, not on my list right now. Um, yeah. We'll talk about this more in the show, but I, I've pretty much worked out – the major beats of my Klingon Empire campaign, I don't. I want to run. I don't know who's going to run it with me. I don't know which group, but we'll talk about more about what I want to do next year with RP, RPGing less, but RPGing the things that I, I want to do and not the things I feel like people want me to do. Which system is that going to use? It's Modifius. It's the same one, like you know, for Fallout and for Dune, and ah, you know, they've okay. got like. They've got like eight or nine IPs on the 2D20 system. Mm-hmm. So um, it's great. I've only ran it one time. I ran the beginner adventure uh, at uh, GuildCon. And I think we had a great time. And I think Jason, uh, not Jason, Justin, you had pointed out that it was missing the Dan Flair. And yeah. so what I've been working on is kind of the Dan Flair. And what is interesting to me is picking up a story that's kind of like right after Deep Space Nine, right after Voyager, but still kind of picks up some of the things that are that happened in Picard um, early because there's kind of two parts of Picard. There's what Picard did right after he commanded the Enterprise, then it jumps ahead 20 years later to stuff yeah. that happened after that. So, um, so it'll have some threads that you know connect there, and I'm I'm kind of excited by it. It's kind of the thing that my mental ram is working on, which is how to make an interesting Star Trek story, Klingon focused, mm-hmm. um, still have the ability and not have the toothless Klingons that are always just not attacking and negotiating with their pals, the Federation, every episode, 
and talking about honor but do nothing. I kind of want to have a, a, a do focus campaign because I feel like Klingons are doers. Yeah, they kind of are, aren't they? Yeah. Worf is a doer. He's a guy who gets crapped in. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I said that about your campaign that you ran at GuildCon solely because you uh, were repurposing it from the starter kit, right? Like It in, was the starter kit. Yeah, exactly. Just so, blank starter kit. No joke. Yeah. So I uh, am looking forward to seeing what you yeah. got, you know, when you when you do your thing with it. So Yeah, and, and I think for, you know, if you GM a system a lot, you can kind of come up with story beats on the fly and not worry yep. about so much the mechanics. I kind of don't have the luxury to do that. I don't have... I don't have all the tools that I would normally have running running Star Wars, basically. So I've got to be more thoughtful about stat blocks and, and challenges and, and story, and it's all going to kind of fit together a little bit better yeah. instead of just going, hey, guys, what are we doing today? Uh, which I can kind of do four hours on, hey, what, do you, what are we doing today with Star Wars? But yeah. Trek would be very different. So that's what I'm – but my, my brain has been working on this problem that I probably won't even – start running this for months probably it'll probably be springtime i'm guessing yeah hopefully sooner but probably then that's my geek week nice nice uh well uh i kicked off my geek week well actually maybe i'll save that for for last but um i uh have been getting into reading some more like 40k novels so a couple months ago uh humble bundle had a great uh warhammer 40k kind of like get into reading some of our series books for like 15 dollars or something like that and i think it came with like 10 novels you know Mm. um and and usually like uh you know most of them don't come in any particular order you know except for i would say the horus heresy series which is like warhammer 30k so the Horus Heresy happens like a ten thousand years before the present quote unquote present day of the Warhammer forty K universe. Um so those ones need to be read in order because it outlines how like there's a giant heresy and you know, you had Space Marines fighting Space Marines and all this stuff. That was pretty crazy. Um but, you know, for the novels that are kinda of happening in present day, not a lot of them like are linear. Um but what happens is they usually get written in three book segments. And so like um, the Black Library books that I picked up from Humble, Humble Bundle, they're usually like the first book in like a bunch of different series. So they're hoping that you'll go back and pick up book two and three later and read them. But um, uh, it's it's been really interesting. I'm reading one right now. Um, it's called um, The Talon of Horus. Oh, gosh, I, that might not be right. Um, but it's like the uh, Black Legion, which are the Chaos Space Marines, like the Space Marines who turned to the gods of Chaos and rebelled against the uh, Emperor. And uh, it's so it's like told from their perspective, which is kind of interesting. Um, but what's really cool about this book that I'm reading is that um, they've got some really crazy descriptions of like what happens to them when they're like flying through the warp and like these random things that just start appearing on their ships. You know, and I'm like, I I was reading these and I'm like, dang, I took it easy on you guys in our (laughs) rogue trader thing. Because if like this is happening to the chaos space marines, like I bet the rogue traders had to deal with some pretty crazy stuff. So um, we did have some uh, blood letters show up at one point. 
Um, that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember like, that. There's like one where it's like this, like it's like this, like pile of ooze, and then like as the person like struck it, like it let out this psychic scream and like like flashbacks of like an atrocity that happened like twenty thousand years ago, you know, because like the warp is a manifestation of all the horrors of like man's imagination, you know. And so anyway, I'm going like way deep on 40k right now, but the whole point is, is that I've been picking up those books and they've been a lot of fun. Um, I wish I would have read them before I ran our Rogue Trader campaign a little bit more. I think I would have had a lot more ideas on how to make it more interesting and I think more immersive. Mm. So, lesson learned. Lesson learned on that one. Uh, well, universe this... building is hard, you know, and yeah. every all the time you invest into it usually pays off. So you get you get what you get it you get out of it what you put into it. And sometimes you don't have a you, you can't read six novels before you start an RPG. You're like, hey guys, let's just play this game. Yeah. So I think though, like what where this is gonna pay off is our next guild con I'll probably run another forty K game, you know, um, RPG and like I'll have some great stuff to use from yeah. these novels, you know. So I'm excited about that. Um and uh, let's see, oh the other thing is is on Saturday I went and saw the new Spider Man. Spider-Man. And let me tell you guys, Jason. I know you were were complaining about like MCU burnout, right? Mm-hmm. This movie's worth it, dude. I, I'll ask. So, you know, and I'm asking this. Not I haven't seen it. I'm not asking for spoilers. Well, maybe I am, but because uh, of all the rumors that have come from the uh, yeah. the audience, is it a multiverse movie? Uh. Yeah. By definition. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've seen it the trailer. Is. I mean, it's very multi. Yeah. It's it is. Uh, it does a great job with it though, of like what's going on and what's happening and what has to happen. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, it doesn't leave. It doesn't leave kind of like a. I actually thought they did better with this in terms of the multiverse than they did with Endgame. You know, because Endgame, you're just like, wait, so you're traveling through time, but not traveling through time? Like, I don't understand. You know what I mean? Um, this one was very clear multiverse. It's very clear why it happened. And it's very clear of what needed to happen for them to fix it. You know what I mean? So, how about um, Spider? Um, how about how does it compare to Spider-Man Into the Multiverse, the uh, animated movie? Uh, as good, if not better. Okay, good. I loved the animated Into I did the too. Multiverse. That was I thought it was movie. great. I thought it was great, too. This one is a monster fan service movie, though. I mean, this is a love letter to all of us who have been watching Spider-Man since 2001. Yeah, you no know spoilers, what I mean? No when spoilers, that... no spoilers. I'm not. I'm yeah, not, I'm well, not. You, I mean, I'm, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, like it really is. I clicked is. on somebody's IMDb, IMDb page and went, no, I didn't want to know that person was in this movie. <laughs> well, if, if anyone had been... If anyone's been watching any of the interviews with the actors, you're going to gather what most of the spoilers probably yeah. are. Is that true? Well, I mean, look, the, if you watch the trailer, right, you see that there are villains that appear yeah. uh-huh. in this thing from other multiverses. Yep. Right? And so, like, you've got that happening with you. You know, you've got villains that are appearing that you, like, haven't seen since, you know, the... Toby Maguire series or the Andrew Garfield series, and then, like that is <laughs> so like do the math. Yeah, you know, dude. And so, okay, I'm going tomorrow night. I got 24 yeah. hours. Let's just leave I, it there. I so. gotta remember there was a I saw a Facebook uh, 
uh, post I thought was really funny. I can't remember what it was, but somebody was like, should I have seen Spider-Man 1, 2, 3, <laughs> 1, 2, 2, 1, and 2 in order to understand 3? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Oh, uh, but I'm telling you, like, it was great. Uh, they, did a, they did a really good job with it, and, like, for all of us old fogies that have been around for the last 20 years watching watching these movies, like, it was... To me, it was the MCU's love letter to like us Spider-Man fans, you know. Yeah. Like cool. it was, it was really good. It was really good and really well done. So, um, I, I don't think I could have asked for them to do much better. And I think one of the benefits that's going to come out of this is my teenage daughter may want to go back and watch the older Spider-Man movies, which she go. doesn't like. Where she never, she doesn't think she'll like them because they're old. And I'm like, they're not that old. They're yeah, they're not great. that old. Yeah. Yeah, so it was good. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we took the family, and, uh, you know, I think our youngest one was a little like, wait, what's going on here? You know, a little bit, but yeah. she's nine, and I'm like, whatever, just enjoy the show. Yeah, just, you know? hey, if they watch the animated one, it's like that. Things are weird. Yeah. It's like the pig Spider-Man shows up out of nowhere in the in the <laughs> other one, so it, right. it, work through it. Yeah. So anyway, it was great. Um, I saw that it had done over two hundred million dollars box office in the first weekend, which Ooh. that is a great standard before COVID. I mean, that's yeah. a big movie before COVID, and COVID numbers. That is a ginormous movie. Like I don't think any movie. I think Dune hit over a hundred million uh, domestically after like four or five weeks. Yeah. Nobody mm-hmm. tells you know. Scarlett Johansson she's already mad. Ha! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. oh, which, by the way, uh, kind of brings me to, um, have you guys been watching the Hawkeye series? I'm so behind on it. I don't want to no. be behind. I'm behind because... The, the interesting thing is there's only six episodes in that Hawkeye series. And it's over. And then it's over. Um, but they are doing some tie-ins I know. all over the place. Like, all over the place. I got to catch up. So. My, my mistake was having a person in my house say, yeah, I want to watch that. And then that person changes their mind Oof. without saying anything. And you're like, hey, are we going to watch this? She's like, no, we're never. I'm not, I don't care about that anymore. I'm like, then why have, been, why have I been sitting on episode two for weeks? So I'm, I'm really, all these episodes we've talked about, I'm really trying to understand, Justin. Do you watch TV and read books at the same time? Like, how do you do this? <laughs> You're reading 40K novels, you're watching yes. Spider-Man, you're staying up to date on all the Netflix shows. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I we watched The Witcher ones, too, yeah. He has three less children than you do. There's more time in the day. And uh, I, I ignore my children. <laughs> I just can't, I can't figure it out. Uh, I mean, and I'm painting, too, right? Yeah. So. How you do? Well, I could see painting. Painting, you could, like, watch TV while you're painting. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Kind of. But Yeah, yeah there's some shows that do not work just audio only. And the number one is The Office. The Office is 100 times better if you just watch it with your eyes because there's so much going on that's non – there's so much comedy that's not uh, not verbal. Oh, yeah, those are the deadpan It's the camera looks. looks. Yeah. yeah. I'm re-watching that with my daughter and with the Jenna Fisher, uh, Angela Kinsey uh, Office Ladies podcast and enjoying it immensely. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, that was my Geek Week. I thought it was pretty good Geek Week. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of good stuff in there, and of course doing another geeky stuff. But those are my top two. So yeah, awesome. Uh, let's get to the news. 
This makes me feel nice. Let all acquaintance be forgot for tabletop and beyond news. Yeah. That was for you guys. I'm 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 Zen now. Yeah, I know. We're tr- we're trying to get through the holidays here. We're recording this let, before Christmas, but we know it die. will not drop <laughs> before Christmas. <laughs> uh, well, uh, not before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Big news in the slowest time of the gamer year. X-wing is getting a massive rewrite. Um, at the end of January, early February, they're coming out wow. with a 2.5 rule set. Now, X-Wing's been out nine years. It's going to hit its 10-year anniversary in 22. So that's pretty exciting. They are changing the core rules to... Oh, it's just about be- as long as Star Citizen. Yeah, yeah. see, there you go. <laughs> it's They're changing the core rules so that it could live on for another decade plus. Um, they are not doing point adjustments to units because they found out the hard way that doing point adjustments and changing the core rules is hard. It's hard. Don't do that. Change the rules, then figure out the points. They're trying to lower the skill floor to get more and more players to come play, but they also want to raise the ceiling, and they really want engagement to be a really important design philosophy because right now there's... For a long time in the game, hiding out and defending your corner of the board and not dying is, is has been a winning strategy. Running out the clock and sometimes. So they're trying to... Mm. Fortressing is boring and they're doing everything they can to get rid of it. So they had a Twitch stream with Will Schick and Michael Plummer where these two guys are playing the game and they're also talking about the new rules that are coming out while they're playing it. So it was good in one way because FFG never did that crap. They never hinted at anything. They just dropped yep. it on you as a bomb. But at the same time, they're playing the game, and they're like, oh, oh, here's a new rule, guys, while, you're, while they're playing. So <laughs> it's a little I, maddening for, for the rules lawyers to go like, what, but what did they say there? How, did that, how do we adjudicate that? They're like, everybody breathe. But totally new rules for obstacles a lot of people bought into x-wing 1.0 it was a huge hit of a game so there's a lot of people that have 1.0 sets on their you know on their shelves so 2.5 might be a fun jump in point for people that haven't been playing for a while um there's new rules for bumping and overlapping like bumping your own ships was a way to slow yourself down and kind of angle yourself just right now that will do damage (laughs) So they they threw out the idea from uh, Douglas Adams that space is big, real big. Space is not real big in X-Wing anymore. If you tap anything, you're taking damage, uh, which is kind of hysterical. Um, uh, And and when you bump into people, you can attack them now. Before, you were like, no, if you bump into them, you're just kind of, your guns aren't pointed the right way. There's no attacks. But yeah, now they can totally attack. Um, There's... um, totally new rules for scenario so here's a big change in x-wing for the last nine plus years or whatever x-wing was all about the hundred point all tournament play was all about hundred point uh three obstacles three obstacles from each player and it's a battle to the death every game every tournament for a decade they're now doing scenarios so it's going to be a scenario based game so zone control snatch and grab tagging locations on the table and then a basic dogfight. so if you're a big fan of the basic dogfight, that'll be available to you one quarter of the time when you're playing in tournaments. Um, and they're using Epic Play tokens for some of this stuff, so people that bought some Epic Play stuff can like 
reach into their archive of crap that they bought and go, oh, look, this is tournament legal. For people who didn't buy it, they'll have print and play and have some other ways to get that stuff out. A big change is they are, um, if you bought ships from 1.0, when they moved to 2.0, there was conversion kits. So everything you bought in 1.0 was totally playable in 2.0. For 2.5, all that 1.0 stuff, anything they didn't reprint is going in the garbage bin until they re reprint it. Wow. Um, and that's a big deal because things like the Lambda shuttle that the Emperor, you, you put the Emperor on the Lambda shuttle, you know, the Emperor and the Lambda shuttle go together like peas and carrots. That will no longer be available for tournament play, which is a big deal. Now, for expanded play at your house, anything goes, but who cares about that? That's not where all the, the action is. Right, right. So um, huge change there. The purpose behind that is there's a lot of models that have never been reprinted that are very expensive on eBay right now. Mm. So they'll be like, oh, hey, I need to get this model for this list. I need two or three of them, and they're running 45, 50, 60 bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. And so they want to get, they want to make it, they want to lower the barriers of entry for players, which I agree with. But as a 1.0 player that has a lot of the stuff, like the Thai bomber has never been reprinted, of all things, you know, like a basic Tie fighter from, you know, Empire Strikes Back. So it's going to be kind of weird for a little bit. Um, so there's a detailed breakdown on the Fly Better podcast. The Fly Better podcast is done by. Uh, D. Yoon and Ryan Farmer. They're the guys that run the LVO X-Wing tournament, which is one of the biggest events right now for X-Wing outside of the, the Worlds and Nationals tournaments. So uh, they do a great job. Those guys have been doing a fantastic X-Wing podcast. There have been dozens of X-Wing podcasts. Uh, the Fly Better podcast is the one. I've listened to a lot of them. They're the one I recommend the most, and I, I like those guys a lot. So if you're interested in this stuff... Or if you're halfway interested in getting back into X-Wing or trying out X-Wing, usually when there's a major rules revision, it's a great time to get in on the ground floor. Um, and, and so I, I, I'm going to probably get a little bit more serious about it in the future because um, the meta won't be so weird and so calcified and so specialized as it has been in the past. Um, so Yeah. Well, it sounds cool. Um, you know, it's interesting... When you said that, you know, the, the goal is to encourage more engagement, um, that is literally uh, what uh, Warhammer 40k 9th edition did yeah. and Age of Sigmar 3.0, which both came out. I mean, you know, 9th edition came out last year, Age of Sigmar 3.0 came out this year. Um, it, it made the board smaller. Yeah. Um, it gave more rules for engagement. Like, Jason, we were talking earlier about, um, you know, playing an Age of Sigmar 3.0 game. Um, I told you my first impression of it was that when I played it, I was um, I loved the interaction that happened off of turns, you know? And um, I think it's great that these game designers like, you know, Atomic Mass Games, I'm glad that they're recognizing, like, look, we got to get these guys engaged more. Like, yeah. the way that it's playing now is a little stale and yeah. a little a little um boring you know and so um let's make it to where you shake it up and um you know i'm it, it is a wise move to not change the points and the rules at the same time um i think warhammer kind of learned that the hard way when they went from like 1.0 yeah you know to to their new edition but like what they did 3.0 they came out new rules and then they had like some new books that came shortly after, but the rules came first, you know? And so 
Um, anyway, but that's I think that's great. I also really like the idea that they've got those scenarios in the tournaments. That that'll that'll make it a lot more fun. Um, yeah. And it'll encourage different lists to come. You know, because if yeah. it's just a if it's just a kill list that you're making, like yep. that gets that gets pretty mono listy. I mean, you know what 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 ships are the best at killing. But if you need some now that have endurance to hold yeah. some, you know, some objectives or speedy ones for the snatch and grabs, all of a sudden you get a wide variety of lists that like might be nice foils for those kill lists, or like it becomes a rock paper scissors scenario, right? Where right, you know, the rock's going to beat scissors, scissors going to beat paper, paper's going to be rock, and then it just depends on some of your matchups and how well you do. So that makes it a lot more fun, I think. And that's exactly what the devs said, which is you will not be able to have the perfect list that works for every scenario, right? That's not their goal. Yeah. You know, you, you, you may get one that's that, that's good at two or three. You may get one that's okay at four. But really, as a, as a list designer, you've got to think more. You've got to think more broadly than just what, what is going to what, what is going to survive the joust Two ships crashing at each other or. Or ships hiding from each other and trying to tag points and and you know then kiting each other or running away, which I'm, I'm I curious. With that. I'm curious to see how how this how this new thing works with uh, scenario based rules. So the you know I I played X Wing One when it came out and then it kind of fell off because I felt like I felt like the game was really slow yeah. and I don't necessarily mean slow in terms of you know turn taking. I mean like. My ship would turn left, it would turn right, and then we were at the end of turn five and the game was over. Yeah. It was like nothing. And then you step back and you look at the board and you see nobody actually went like hardly anywhere before this game ended. And so like with snatch and grab, dogfight, zone control, I'm curious to see if there's enough, you know, time with the new rules for a lot, a lot of movement of ships around the field or if it's really going to be once you kind of commit at the start of the game, that's really all you can engage with with those ships. Because that's I felt like there was a lot of that when I would play or watch uh, yeah. X-Wing in the early part. Well, it is a 3x3, three three, and it really kind of... Every player is still going to have around three ships, plus one, minus one, sometimes up to five, sometimes up to eight if they want to throw a lot of spam out there. Um, so... I don't know how the new sh- game's going to go. I'm definitely going to try it. I've got a really open mind because I don't... What I did, playing Nova Open all those years, you know, and all the other t- tournaments and stuff like that, all the other rounds, it just... There's a certain level of boredom you get into. You get into shampoo, rinse, repeat over and over and over again. And um, I want... I, I, I just want... I'm just interested in in the variety. Now, you can run... Anybody can run whatever they want to run at home. For instance, Heroes of Aturi Cluster has been out since 1.0, and it's basically they turned the X-Wing engine into a role-playing game, essentially, where you have a, you're have a pilot, you have your ship, and you're going to run it you know, for scenario after scenario after scenario after scenario. And it is wildly popular. Um, so I, I'm kind of glad to see the pendulum swing away. I think the guys at FFG got a few things stuck in their heads and could never you know, f- be as flexible with the game. They were afraid of breaking the game, but, you know, it, it has to evolve, and I'm glad it's evolving because it's one of the big war games out there that rivals the game's workshop stuff, you know. There's not a lot out there that does that right now, you know. So 
I, I hope it, 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 it lives a good long life. I have plenty of models to play until I die. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of stick with it, see where it goes. I don't think it's going to be a big investment for me, in fact. I'll probably only have to download a PDF, and I'll be playing 2.5. So Go for right. it. We'll have, well, once I get a hang of it, we'll probably have an, uh, maybe an X-Wing night at that house. The other thing, Jason, is when we were playing X-Wing together, I think we were doing large group stuff before they had rules for that, and that was way more boring than one-on-one. So anyway. Probably, yeah. Uh, the next news item I think you guys are going to take. You guys want to talk about Cursed City or what? Who's got that one? Jason's got it. Sure, man. So we remember we were complaining and the rest of the world was complaining about the fact that Games Workshop said uh, we're making Quest uh, Cursed City. And then when it sold out online, they said we're not making Cursed City, period. And that was it, right? Then not not just that, but like they started removing articles. They started remove doing typical stuff Games Workshop does, right? Removing references to <laughs> games, right? As if they never existed or were never said. Yeah. And it's that kind of crap is just like guys, come on, it's it's just stupid. I mean, especially when you can pull articles from the Internet Archives to yeah, show exactly. that the text was actually there. Wow. But anyway, so. There was a rumor, and I think it was from Polygon, was a reference that Warhammer Cursed City will be reprinted in 2022. Uh, so, you know, the decision for why it's going to be reprinted, whether it actually will happen or we will see once again another delete of the words reprint uh, is yet to be seen. But as of right now, there is an announcement that in 2022 they will reprint Cursed City. Now, I'm going to be how I have been turning into with Games Workshop, and that is an, a Missouri gamer, right? Show, I'm just the show-me state. I'll believe it when I see it. Show me! But uh, this is interesting, right? And maybe they've, they've listened to the fans. Maybe they've seen that this is exciting. Maybe they've seen, oh, maybe this actually is an IP that we, uh, we could make some revenue off of uh, that could be profitable. But we'll see. That's interesting. Yeah, if people want, there's supply and demand. If there's demand out there and they control supply, they should think about it. Think about yeah. meeting the demand. I, I I still think it is absurd. The um the communications uh department in war in Games Workshop <laughs> is just, I mean, it's like they never graduated right yeah. from yeah. college or high school even, and the discipline. things that they do, not even discipline, but just like common sense. Like, oh, if we just get rid of this, then it'll be like it never happened. Uh, not really. Yeah, and to be honest with you, like, I guarantee you, that since I'm kind of in the comms business, that is not the comms guy's decision at all. You know what I mean? Like, they're probably like, okay, so here's our comms plan, right? This is This is, like, what we've laid out for the year. So we know that this article will go out on like August 1st to talk about Curse City and this is yeah. the follow-up one and this is the pre-order one, right? And this is the other ones that they got. And so they start chucking these out, you know, per their schedule and I can just see it now. Like a guy with like, you know, a loose tie and sweaty forehead like comes <laughs> bursting into the rooms like, stop it, stop it all now, shut it all down. Like this isn't working out. And the cons people are like, what are you talking about? You know, and he's like, it's all ruined. 
we couldn't make enough, you know? And it's like, we got to, like, shut it down. Every man like, for himself. They start throwing yeah. chairs at the window. Exactly. And like, papers, like, alarms. flying everywhere. And then, like, a week later in some business meeting, they're like, why do we need a comms department? Yeah, exactly. We don't need a comms department. Let's get rid of those guys. <laughs> yeah, like, we have oh, boy. We, we can write our own articles. How right? can- My wife's a blogger. How? Yeah, right, exactly. Um, I can't believe those idiots put out an article saying that we would keep making this game. I know. <laughs> oh, man. Gosh. So, I, you know, think I mean, in? I think that it's it's totally, I guarantee you that's exactly what happened. It's like some executive is just like, well, well, let's pretend this never happened. And they're like, but, sir, we literally wrote this, like, I wrote those words that, like, these is, like, nope, don't want to hear it. We're going to pretend it never happened. The way Scrub back it. machine will show it. We yeah, put exactly. it out there. Right, right. That's they won't have any proof. Yeah. Well, at least they're eating crow and people want to buy the thing, so they'll print it. This is so weird, but. Anyway. Hey, it's a great, it's a really fun game. And it maybe they've, game. maybe they've seen, you know, over the last year that people are still talking about it. And, <laughs> maybe it's and our podcast. You know, the nice thing is, is like, look. <laughs> They, they, <laughs> maybe it is our podcast. They were listening to us. Uh, you can use all, pretty much all those minis in Warcry Warbands, and they put out rules for them, specifically those minis, right? Um, you can use a lot of those minis in your Age of Sigmar games too, you know, uh, if you wanted to, like the zombies and the skeletons and the, you know, mm-hmm. um, some of the other guys. Like they got a Age of Sigmar rules. Now they're not like fantastic rules, but. You can't play them, so um, they, it's it's a good box. I, I I enjoy the game. The game is a lot of fun too. So, so game, actually, yeah, I really enjoy the game. I yeah. think this is about companies always having this internal struggle between specializing and diversifying. So, Curse City represents oh, yeah. a diversification Goodness. versus somebody on another business line going, "Hey, why are you taking money away from my business line? We're the ones who are paying everybody's salaries." And the diversify line is like, hey, we should try new things and bring new people in and sell more things broadly. And the specialized guy's like, no, <laughs> no, we have to make rent. We have to make payroll, put out the thing that we know will sell 100%. So I yeah. think, but but hey, this thing's, you know, they, they, the whole print run sold out, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. immediately. So I don't know what their problem is. They're crazy. They're crazy at Games Workshop. They're crazy. Yeah. All right, last news item. Video game conglomerate Embracer Group has entered into exclusive negotiations to purchase Asmodee. While no purchase price has been officially disclosed, the deal is reportedly for $3.1 billion. Asmodee Group is currently owned by a holding company, by holding company PAI Partners, who purchased the company for $1.4 billion in 2018. The story comes to us from icv2.com and our good friends at NWorld. So, yeah, are any of us really surprised? No. Man, I wish I had $3.1 billion. I could buy Asmodee and fix X-Wing. <laughs> well, if you had had $1.4 billion in 2018. Exactly. Or maybe, yeah, why didn't I do that? I don't know. I know. What are we or, doing? I'd All we got to do is go to a bank and say we need a loan. We just need a loan. I had a billion dollars on the floor around here somewhere. I'm tripping over right. it. <laughs> we can back this. Can you imagine that bank talk, right? So, wait, you want to do what? Yeah, we're buying some board games. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Don't worry. No, it's going to be It's going to three times its value. <laughs> COVID's coming? COVID, yeah. What's a COVID? Right. You have no idea. It's going to change board Seriously. gaming. Yes. Forever. Everyone's going to stay home and play games. <laughs> yeah, everybody's going to, you know. They're going to say they're working. 
It's a global pandemic. And uh, yeah. All right, cool. All right, that's the news, folks. Awesome. I am posting right now on our Facebook about uh, X-Wing 2.5. So, yeah, let's get that out there. Get it out Especially there. Especially since our episode will air probably after the Twitch stream will. So we'll get it on our Facebook so that people could follow that if they want to. You'd, you'd be surprised how many people have, like, three X-Wing products on their shelf, on their gamer shelf. Oh, yeah. You know, not everybody's the idiot that buys everything like I am. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. There's a, there's a lot of good stuff out there. So, um, awesome. Very good. Thanks for the news, Dan. You bet. Uh, we are going to get to our main topic here, which is New Year, New You. We are talking about our resolutions for 2022, what we want to do better, whether that be with ourselves, with our friends, with our family. It's like, you name it. We want to try to do something better. And maybe it's a goal that might not be that attainable, but we're operating in the land of awesomeness where we can do all things at all times. So what is our what are our goals? Dan, why don't you kick us off with your first New Year uh, 2022 New Year's New Year's resolution? So I think because 2020 was so RPG heavy because it worked over Zoom and 21 is been like a transition year i really do want to role play less i'm like twice a month now and it's a little too much i'd kind of like to dial it back somehow i think with our west marches i'll be able to do that and still keep a group going um but if i'm going to be rpg and i want to rpg new systems and, and i talked about you know star trek um klingon empire that's one i kind of want to run i've put a lot of miles on the star wars odometer since covid started and um you know sometimes it's fun to go back to if you if you have some time apart absence makes the heart grow fonder so that's my number one is to rpg a little less and play board games more i hardly play board games i want to play way more board games if omicron doesn't end the world then we should get together and play more board games I agree. I totally agree. I, I agree. If the world doesn't end, we should play more games. Yeah. <laughs> I think the world's going to end, so I'm just not going to end. Does anyone else, does anyone else think of Unicron when they hear Omicron? I just, <laughs> oh, yeah, I just want to go Omicron, you know, whenever Omicron. I hear it. Omicron. I've, I've, the 4K version of that movie is going to be in my stocking, so I'm excited about watching that in 4K. Ooh, I love that movie. Only in our darkest hour. We could have a... We could have a, a viewing party and pretend we're 11 again. Dude, we need to have an Ice Pirates viewing party. Yes! Oh, no! Totally. My basement, we're planning it. Ice Pirates. Yes. It's a guy night, guy movie All night. All right. Deal. Because you haven't seen that, right, Justin? I have never seen Ice Pirates. Oh, my gosh. It's messed up. It's good messed up. It's the right yeah. kind of messed up. Yeah. Okay. I've seen Sorry. some messed totally, up things. Totally, totally tangented there. But I've seen some messed up things. That's a resolution. Ice Pirates guy night party. Totally. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds Achievable. Good. Jason, what's one of your resolutions? Uh, on that note with Dan, I want to play a new game a month. Oh. Either a, and, and at first I thought, man, how am I going to make time to do that? So then I, I made it a little more realizable. I want to play either either a new board game, a video game, a tabletop miniatures, or a role-playing game a month. So I think, and I mean new, so I don't mean like uh, you know a session from my ongoing RPG campaign. I want to try something different so that I can broaden 
broaden my horizon. Because I think what I find is I meet people at work that that uh, are gamers or do game conventions. And I feel like even though I play a lot of games, when I talk to them, we're always talking about games that neither of neither of us have played. So there's 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 a large space of games that I have not actually sat down and played. I know of, but haven't actually played. And I want to be able to to talk through those things. As you want to have some gamer water cooler talk. Yeah. So I'm gonna try, and that's only twelve, right? At least twelve new games. Nice. Um, this year, but I mean at least one per month. You know, uh, one easy way that we could do this to help you achieve that is we could go to the the games tavern in Manassas, yeah. to where we don't actually have to buy the game, but we could go there. We could choose a game, have a dinner, play a game. Let's do it. One night a month. The wives might be okay with this. One night a month at the games tavern. Yeah. I'm sure the games tavern's would be okay with this resolution. Yeah, I know, right? Totally. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's there's other ones where we could play a group uh, Xbox game. I mean, I mean, we did. Yeah, uh, yeah, we did the uh, the No Escape last year. In No Escape was so much fun. (laughs) So much fun. So fun. And uh, Man of Medina was also amazing. Yes. Yes. So you know. So so I think I think this is absolutely achievable. Um, I think. you know, I talked with my wife a little while ago. I said, you know, hey, you know, not not that necessarily the pandemic is ending or not, because you know, with the new variants and stuff. But I think generally across the board, people have started to socialize more. So I said, I, you know, I'd like to. You remember before COVID? Uh, you know, like it was it was like once a week I had this, you know, one night that I would go play at the game store yeah. and she was like hmm and i did not get i did not get the a-okay let's go back to that uh so Uh-oh. i've been but <laughs> i've been wondering that too because i really would like to do a path of glory campaign yeah yeah totally you right know? i remember we went to oh, G- guild gaming so and it was like once a week yeah. we were playing just a tiny game but i thought but you now guys I, were getting away with freaking murder i was sitting <sighs> on the sidelines going you know uh, well, how iced out my life would be if I made those kind of choices. I'm so jelly. I, but Jason, we could we could do it at Huzzah because yeah, we're that close. We're that close, and 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 for a while there, um, you know, I did have one night a week as we were leading up to. Uh, and my excuse at that time was we were getting ready for I think it was LVO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that you know I I said hey I really want to get ready for this tournament and so my wife was letting me go one night a week at this game store near my work just to stay a little bit later but I think saying one night a month guys night at the games tavern have a meal play a game I think that's totally achievable yeah, yeah. definitely we should do it all right that's my first and, one. and and listen listen you could also do a double date don't ruin it don't ruin this sorry i'm just throwing it out there if your, wife, awesome. if your wife is if your wife is giving you some pushback you could do i'm glad day. you want to spend that kind of time with lauren i think that's great you should do that yeah just what's your first you, one you should do that all right my first one i'm gonna reorder mine a little bit because i want to keep thematic with you guys more board games more board games well i also want to play more games um but i want to play more games with my kids yeah so this is a little bit more family time, family oriented, but you know, like my oldest is like 15 years old, my son's 12. Like they're getting to the age where we can now start playing a, a little bit more complicated games. Yep. And they they would kind of fight me on it before because I just I don't think that they were ready for them, but now I think they're getting kind of tired of some of the kid 
quote unquote kids games, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I'm interested, uh, in getting some more family games for Christmas. I got the, um, uh, what is it? The haunting of Baldur's gate or whatever that game's called. What is it? Yeah. 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 Um, it's it's yep, basically yep. betrayal. Betrayal. Oh, it's betrayal yeah. of Baldur's gate. Yeah. Um, and so I got that cause my daughter's totally into D and D right now. And that game is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and the whole family could play that game, you yeah. know, and, and it's great. So I got that for us for Christmas, so I'm excited to play that with them. And um, uh, I, I want to get some more of these games. Jason, I feel like you've got a pretty good collection of, like, interesting, quick family games that are, like, fun to play. Like, Lucidity is a great one. Yeah, we I just played that the other day with my uh, six-year-old. My six-year-old likes throwing the dice on that game. Yeah, you know, um... I, you know, I I think, uh, what was that, uh, that Starship game that you had? What is that one called? Space uh, Station? Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. The dice one, it's a black and white. Oh, 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 oh Escape the Dark Sector. Yeah, yeah Escape the Dark Sector. Yeah. That's pretty you know, cool. another one that's a great family game is Three Things. Have we have we played that? That's a great no, party game because no. it's one of those games that scales with any number of players you want. You, you basically, oh, nice. you have, you have a t- just real quick, so you have a ton of tiles, uh, with just funny random, each tile is like an inch by an inch, and you have yeah. like a random drawing. Like one of them has a toilet seat, another one has a donut, another one's like you know a flamethrower. Uh-huh. And there's like hundreds of these tiles, and you just throw them out in the middle of the table, and somebody draws a card that describes a scenario you have to survive, and it's grab three things to survive the scenario. Nice. Like one of them could be like you're on a plane, and the plane engine catches fire. Grab three things to help you survive. And then everybody dashes into the center and tries to grab the three things they like. And then you go around real quick and everyone set, tells the story on what the how those three things help them survive. But nice. there's really funny stuff too. Like uh, you you know, you uh, you just farted in the room and your boss walks in. <laughs> you know. So yeah. there's and my kids love the game. They want to play it all the time. Nice. So it's it's nice. a, there's lots of fun stuff. Lots of fun kid games. Yeah. that aren't kid games. That aren't Milton Bradley. Right, you know, and and that's the thing is it's like, I think we get we I mean we, when I say we I think we as people get trapped in the mindset of like, oh I gotta play a game with my kid well it's gonna be Candyland, sorry, yeah. sorry or Monopoly or something like that and never, um yeah I know but and you know in some meanwhile we're over playing like you know Civilization and Axis and Allies and you know I mean like all these other very complicated games. And we're having great times with those. And then it's like a chore to have to go back to play Sorry mm-hmm. with the kids. Because you're like, I hate that game so much. It's so boring. Well, guess what? There's other games out there now yeah. that you can play with them that are entertaining that they like, scale with the kids pretty well. So um, I am I, I, I want to do more of those. I think I'm going to get some more games that um, like fit with the family a little bit more and then be able to play those so i'm looking forward to that yeah i i I was gonna put that on my list i pulled it off once i saw you you had that one on your list but i built this game table i thought i'd be playing games with my family way more than i do we had got a a a christmas present we had the jungle cruise game we had i was really excited we would all get down there it's like hey let's go down to the basement let's play this awesome game it's a disney ride we're just playing the game version of a disney ride yeah and you'd think i would you know, I was down there making them clean the floor with a toothbrush. They're just like, why yeah. are you forcing us with, with all this unpleasantness? And so it's been like 11 months since I've tried to do a family game night. 
yeah. even though I have a totally dedicated game room. Um, yep. So that's that's wild. So I, I I'm I'm on your same wavelength too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it'll be an interesting year. I think I think now's the time. I mean, there's really only three more years before my oldest heads out, and I think you know my wife and I were discussing that like for her time is kind of her you know if you if you're familiar with love languages like that's the way that she feels love is like spending time with her Mm -hmm. and so um but for her it could be sitting down and watching a movie together with her or doing something else she just likes to kind of be in the room with you Mm -hmm. um but i think like doing the board games because she's a she's a pretty smart you know uh, uh strategic person i think that that's a great way to do it too you know so Yep. Try to try to get the, that time in with the kiddos when we can, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. Because pretty soon we'll be kicking them out the door. Adios, muchachos. <laughs> yep. We've loved you for 18 years. It's your own. Okay. Anyways. Loved is the key word. Loved. <laughs> yeah. It ends now. No. Uh, all right, Dan. Um, my number two is I just need to get into a Games Workshop game. I'm literally... <laughs> we can help you there. Well, yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, it's 99% going to be Warcry. And because we had this great conversation with Dan Herrera as one of our guests a few episodes back, and he and I have exchanged some emails, so I think I'll be going on to his show. Oh, um, nice. So gonna, we're, I think we're going to do a, hey, you're a newbie kind of thing. He's cheating on us. He's cheating. Well, know. you know, you got to do what you got to It's okay. Do. Well, it's okay. I, I like it. I, I'm yeah. gonna comfort. I, I'm gonna talk myself into a corner of spending all this money. Is what's gonna happen? I'll be like, Ooh, yeah, <laughs> that, and I need that, and I need that. Before I know it, I'll be swiping the credit card, and I'll hear Dan. <laughs> you know, not Dan Herrera, Dan, Dan me. So yeah. Well, we got another buddy uh, in our gaming group that uh, just bought his first Warcry band. Yes, he did. Uh, Casey. Casey. Yeah. He's, and he's got, got him any, built up. He's got him built. See. We gotta have our painting party, Justin. Yeah, we do. We definitely need a painting party. And um, I will say that there's another guy in our group named Adam that we have not met yet. Oh yeah. But he's very excited to play with us. Are we like, playing with him next week? Yes, we are. And he's All playing right. Warcry, and he's excited about it. And uh, but Dan, he's an X-wing guy. I know. I've seen all the po- posts. He's way more into it than I am. He's kind of taken. Adam, if you're out there, I'm 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 yielding the X-wing SME subject matter expert <laughs> crown to thee. He actually goes to tournaments and plays, and um, you know I I've been I've been off that scene for a long time. So. But look, he's the kind of guy. It seems like to me that um, would love to get a pickup game no matter what. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and I I've been meaning to reach out to him. I actually have deleted a couple notes to him just because my life got crazy, but. Um, now that I know 2.5 is coming out, hey, if you need somebody to break 2.5 with, I want to break break in 2.5. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that might be great. We might be doing you know what, that. You know, it's crazy. My um, my uh, in my community, we have a community center. Um, that community center is big. I think it, and I think it's only like 80 bucks to rent it for the whole day. Really? We could totally like do like a like a full day mini Warcry narrative event. <gasps> Yeah, and speaking my language. Yeah, man. Yeah. Anyways, no objections. Well, we will help you play Warcry. Thanks, guys. Thank you. We won't help you spend money on it. I don't. I don't think I will get into Age of Sigmar. Well, Um, you know, is it it, it Warcry the gateway drug? 
it because could be. <laughs> I am more of a sci-fi guy. I feel like I should be getting more into. Well, Kill you could team. get into Kill Team. I think we're gonna. I think Justin and I are gonna get into Kill Team yeah, this year. I don't yeah. want to get into two, and I feel like it's a softer bounce if I get into Warcraft. But we'll talk about it more, especially if I, love, I get on this podcast yeah. with Dan Herrera, and I That's and right. he helps me cut him up with my list, and then I don't buy it. I'll look like uh, a total chump. I love Warcraft. It is so easy to play. It's so fun. It's so fast. And it just it's so fun to play that even if you lose, you're just like, eh, okay, let's play another game. Let's play another game. Yeah. And I had a great yeah. time losing too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So my little my little brother was out here um, over Thanksgiving and we had some guys over for playing Warcry and this was his first time. And he went back and um, talked to my, my other brother and he says, I had such a good time playing D D. It was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, what? I don't think my little oh, brother knows way. what D&D is. Either way. We need to help him out. I know, but you know what? He had a blast playing it. He thought it was such a fun game. And, well, and, I mean, it was like mind-blowing to him because the games that he literally has like most recently played was literally like Monopoly. Yeah. You know? Oh, and well, so, he's got like several, up, or, right? several orders of magnitude. Yeah, yeah, I could see how Warcry would be very different than than Monopoly. The poor fella. Oh, I you know I mean I don't feel bad though because like he had again he's like this was just like chess on steroids to him you know yeah. and he's just like wow this is amazing. Yeah, you know? we should, uh, but he needs to like, you've got to initiate him into five E. If he thinks he's been playing D and D and he's telling people he's playing, D&D, I know, I know. You gotta correct his ass and you gotta go. Okay, now you're in town. <laughs> This is see see the book says Dungeons and Dragons. You're actually gonna play. We're gonna play tonight. It's not gonna be a big deal. Let's just do it. Yeah. Theater no, of the mind. It's, it's pretty funny. It's it's. It, I thought it was kind of hilarious. So there's a lady in our congregation, Nicole, and she played. We did couples battle stations where we had. Um, oh right. You know, bat, battle stations can accommodate 10, 12 people, no problem. So I think we had four or five couples. My wife actually played that night. And uh, later she came and said, Dan, I really enjoyed playing your Dungeons and Dragons game with you. <laughs> so there was yet another person that had equated rolling dice and moving a player around a board uh, to D&D. So mm-hmm. I thought that was funny. You, you, you mentioned that, that your brother had yeah. said that and that, that, that prompt, that memory. I mean, it, it's funny because it's like anything that's not Monopoly is all of a sudden D&D, right? Like. Yeah, uh, and and it's so. the the constant journey of education that even D and D itself is just you know it's like a make, right? Versus yeah. from a make a model type thing. It's it's not all things role playing games. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's not it's a, a Kleenex or a Xerox. Let's get yeah. specific here. Yeah. Right. So yeah, very very interesting. So um, yeah, dude, I'm excited for you to get going with Warcry. And uh, I hope your podcast with Dan Herrera goes well. So, I he's a really fun guy. So I'm sure you guys will have a good time trying to build out what kind of army you'd like to play. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. To be honest with you, he's probably even a better resource than Jason and I. Like he's really broken down quite a few of those lists. So if he's like, okay, well, what kind of player do you want to be? He's probably got like a lot of lists like ready, you know, ready to kind of help you get to where you want to be. Yep, I, I can feel my credit card aching now. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome. All right, let's see. Is it my turn? I think it's my turn. Uh, you're doing it's your, your second one, right? Uh, no, it's your your turn, Jason. Okay, yeah. Turn. I was I was gonna let you cut. But that's fine. No, no. Uh, 
I had to look at the show notes. Sorry. No, my was... second one is, uh, and this is what I was getting to where I was asking you, is how you do all of that stuff at once. Uh-huh. Is I want to read a science fiction or fantasy book a month. Oh. And I'm giving myself, uh, the. I'm making this a little bit more achievable for myself by saying that it can be either an audiobook or actual physical reads. The audiobook will help, I'm sure. Yeah. I typically, I mean, I, I have a long commute, so I typically do knock out an audiobook a month. Uh, uh-huh. But lately, um, I find myself more on the phone with business calls to and from the office. And uh, so I so want to get, I want to get back, yeah, I want to get back to listening to a book. So uh, what you so. do then is that you only work six hours <laughs> in the office and then take those two hours for business calls. Yeah, if that's how it was happening. If right that's now. how it would work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> yeah, great plan, Justin. Yeah, great, great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's one of those like I see some people that you know they ride the metro in or you know the train and they absolutely get on there and they pull their laptop up and you know maybe someday in the future when the cars are driving us to work, we'll uh, I'll be able to do that. But I got to pay attention to the road and it seems like people are always calling me so. I want to get back to um, that because, and that's another domain. We were talking about board games, right? It's like there's so many different types of games that I find myself when I talk to other people who play board games, I find that we have a very little amount of overlap in games that we've played. It's the same thing with books. I'll sit down. uh, There's a book club that I'm involved in with a local group every now and then, and we'll talk about books, and they'll ask me about these. Oh, you like science fiction? What about this book? And I'm like, I've never even heard of the book. Yeah. It's just because you talk about how there's lots of games out there. Oh my gosh, there's like five times as many books popping out each yeah. month with yeah. all the all the people probably in COVID that decided they were going to become authors. And, well, and I've got a things. great yeah. fantasy series to start you. Um, if like it, it's great, it's called Cradle. I think I talked about it on a previous. Yeah, we podcast. talked about it. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, like it, they're like the kind of reads like they're they're smaller books. But um, my goodness, you pick it up and you like you can't put it down. And you're like, wow, I just finished that book in like three days. You know what I mean? Like it really didn't. I mean, I I was reading it, reading it, but it is they are page turners. Now it's time to sleep. So, yes. What is sleep? What is this? Thing yeah, what is about? sleep? But anyways, that's a that's an achievable objective. I think is one. You know, so you can kind of see this thing with me is one new game a month and one book a month. Nice. I'm trying to increase my repertoire so that I can uh, maybe have more content for the show. I don't know. Hey, that's always a good thing. There we go. Yeah. When the show starts paying our salary, then maybe we'll sit down and read books, play games. Hey, you know, that's the goal, right? I mean, maybe right. not. But <laughs> If we could just land McDonald's as an advertiser, yeah. we'd be all right. <laughs> yeah, easy. And some podcasts listen, have. Listen to Tabletop and Beyond while you enjoy your double quarter pounder with cheese with yeah. large yeah. fry and large Coke. And we won't yeah. mention how when we go drive to Gen Con, Justin doesn't let us stop at McDonald's. No. <laughs> yeah. If they Burger paid King, me, maybe. Shut up. <laughs> if they paid me, maybe we would do it. Yeah, then we'd be all about you it. You know what? Then we could advertise from the McDonald's that we stopped at it towards Gen Con. Yeah. yeah, and we call it a business trip, boys. There we go. Write <laughs> it off. Uh, yeah. All right. So my second one is I would like to kind of run an event. Now we, I guess you could kind of say that the last two years with GuildCon, um, I've been 
I, I, I kind of ran a lot of it, right? Oh, yeah, you did, for sure. So um, so maybe maybe that's kind of already checked off. But what I was really thinking is like an in-depth like narrative war cry or even, uh, you know, Warhammer event. I don't know that I would want to do like a TO event, like at a, like a tournament, you know? That just seems like, eh, to me. Seems like a lot of work for not a lot of return. Um, there's some people that love running tournaments and things like that. I think if I owned my own game store, running a tournament would come secondhand. Of course I'd do it, but like, I don't know if I'd go out of my way to do that. Now, I, running a narrative event where like I could also play in it because it's a little bit more relaxed rules wise. Like you don't have to worry about like all the crazy rules, you know, that are in a tournament. Cause like people are playing for, you know, huge prizes or whatever. Um, you know, a narrative event seems like a lot of fun to me. Um, mm-hmm. But really where I was going with this is like, I would love to do our path, the path to glory that you were taught, that you were kind of alluding to about being able to go to the game store one night a week mm-hmm. and build your armies over the course of like 10 weeks. You know what I mean? And, and have them built up and, and then you're playing some pretty cool games. And the new Age of Sigmar 3.0 has some great path to glory rules now that make it much much more interesting than it used to be. So, like, you can, quote-unquote, conquer territories, and it gives you... Um, it's very similar to, like, the Warcry stuff, actually. And, um, you know, like, those territories give you little bonuses that you can use, but it's not... Um, so, it's not oppressive to the other players that you're playing. Because the old rules of the Path to Glory were, like... Man, if you leveled up, like you could have an army that was just gonna absolutely destroy somebody else, and it was like tough luck because I got more games in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but the new Path of Glory to uh, Glory rules—they're very similar to the 40k Crusade rules, which um, it's kind of like it doesn't matter if you play a bunch of games or if you don't play a bunch of games. Like you don't level up to the point where you are like overpowering other people. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. so um, I think that'd be great. Like, I would love to run an event where it's like over several weeks and, you know, it's more narrative flavored. It's got, you know, more, um, you know, more flair to it, I guess. I don't know. I'd like to do that this year. I th- Yeah, I, I think it'd be interesting to find a venue to do it at. Um, you know, you could. Uh, that's the thing about like Huzzah is Huzzah is a great venue, but Huzzah is like fully booked. It's really hard to um, get yeah. something there. But where are you thinking more like you know in your home or? No, I was thinking more Huzzah style. I I bet if you went up to them and said, "Hey, we'd like to do an AOS Path of Glory." By the way, it's going to lead to people buying models. You know. Well, yeah, they I would think... find they'd find a night for you. Well, give a shot. See what happens. Yeah, yeah. So, I think I might talk to Lincoln about it because I think he'd be into it too and could help me run it. Yeah, go for it. In case I couldn't make it one night, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Be kind of interesting. All right, Dan, what's your last one? Well, I've been acquiring a bunch of stuff that I haven't played. I've been buying up uh, expansions to games that I've already owned that I haven't played with. I've been I've bought a couple new games that are collecting dust. So one of my big pushes that I want to do is 
play the library that I have because I've got a lot of crap. And before I just start buying new stuff, I just talked about buying new stuff a minute ago. I have stuff that's great. I have hundreds of dollars in expansions in some of these games that I've invested in that I've never put on the table. And I know the war against the gray, that's all part of it. You know, you just keep building and building and building and building. But I kind of have this thing and like, you know, if if you're going to buy an RPG, never buy more supplements than sessions you've actually played. That's, you know, that's a pretty good rule. You know, you'll see somebody that'll have like mm, every supplement and you'll be like, well, how many times have you actually played that? Well, I played it three or four times, but I got 20 supplements. It seems like that's kind of out of balance. So if I buy a supplement or an expansion or a new game, it demands to be played at least once. And twice is better, but at least once in my brain. So that's kind of the thing I'm thinking about for my New Year's resolution. Because, you know, we've, great. we've been sitting here, you know, buying stuff online all year long. Yeah, that's not that great of a thing if you if it doesn't do it. I mean, what's the point of buying it if not if you don't touch it? I mean, really, it, it loses its basic utility of why did I spend my earning yeah. power on a thing that's just staring at me? You know, that's that's nothing. So that's one of my goals is to turn that around. Very good. I think that's a worthy goal, sir. Thank you. Very worthy. All right, Jason, what's your number three? My number three has changed since we've been going through this. Um, I wanted to make it more game focused, so I want to design a game. So I've, I've, Dan, I think has done the most in this department and how far he's come. But uh, I, I have run through several different game concepts over probably the last decade mm-hmm. uh, to various levels of refinement. And I think what I need to do is I need to stop just trying to make the perfect game. I need to just freaking make a game. A game. Make it. Knock it out and then learn from it and go go that process. You know, it's funny because I, I wonder if you make a game or two games or something like that, that the perfect game, your perfect game, will come to you. Yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah, and I've, I've, yeah. that's one thing you just kind of learn as you get older in life is, you know, the paralysis that comes from trying to achieve perfection at first is not the way that the human species grows and learns. We... You don't you don't make the perfect thing the first time. You don't make the perfect sculpture, the perfect drawing, the perfect investment. Uh, it's all about you know gaining little bits of knowledge and experience points along the way until you've had enough uh, experience or instances of learning that you've been able to kind of piece it together and see the bigger picture. And I think it's the same thing here. Is so I, I'm gonna just gonna I'm gonna force myself to just kind of knock something out. It's, it might be an okay game, and as long as long as I get through the process, then I'll feel I've accomplished something. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, no, I think, I think that's, that's fair. I think, it, I think it is great. Um, and, uh, you know, I like the, I like the idea of just, just pumping something out, you know, I mean, like you look at, um, Brandon Sanderson, for example, the author, right? I mean, he wrote like a ton of stuff before he decided to try to write his seminal like series, right? Which yeah. is the stormlight mm-hmm. archives. And you can see how each of those series that he wrote before had gotten him to the point where he felt like he could then tackle what this, his life, you know, he talks about the Stormlight Archive is like, this had been rattling around in his head since he was a young boy. You know what I mean? But he mm-hmm. needed to be able to tell the story and he had to write the other stories to perfect his craft to be able to 
do it justice, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, and and uh, I think that, like you said, that translates to a lot of things in our lives, right? Not just making a game or an investment or something like that. Like if you want to be good at something, I heard something like if you want to be if you want to become a master at something, uh, like it takes ten years, yeah. ten years to, of doing something, and and you can call yourself like. Uh, an expert or master in that field because you've been doing it for 10 years, you know? Well, not according to our ABET accreditation institution. It just takes somewhere between two to four. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> uh, go check out that um, uh, documentary. I think it was on Hulu. If, you've, if you're if you a Hulu subscriber, I don't know if you are. Um, but there was a, a documentary about game design and it had lots of game designers be interviewed, big ones, little ones. Mm-hmm. They previewed Gen Con. They previewed Essen. We, I mentioned it in, on the podcast a year Yeah, I remember this. Uh-huh. Yep. But you'll get a real feel for people that have, you know, w- w- what they do. And, I mean, that's only a two-hour investment of, in your time to just say, okay, well, do I want to dip my toe in this? And what can I learn from it? You yeah. Know? Yeah, for sure. That's Definitely. my two cents. Cool. Worthy goal, my friend. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, my last one is something I talk about often on this podcast, but I want to win the War on Gray this year. So there's an easy way to do that. You can just grab everything that's gray and give it to your friend Dan. <laughs> yeah. Dan's like, wow, I just came into a bunch of models. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean <laughs> – I, uh, I'm looking right... In fact, I, during this episode, I've been dry-brushing little hobgrots from the Dominion box, um, you know, to get them prepped for painting their skin. And, um, and you know, I'm just looking at my shells, my hobby things, all the models that have been, like, mocking me, and um, I've got a bunch of stuff that I just need to knock out. And I think that this year, like... As long as I'm not going crazy buying new stuff, which I can't guarantee. But as long as I don't go crazy buying new stuff, I can knock this stuff out. I can do it. I've gotten to a point where um, I I have stopped letting uh, perfection uh, be the enemy of the good in terms of my painting. So That's like I would deal. really, I would really tediously go over the models, and I love them. You know, I, I I'm happy with them, but I realize like, look, I, they don't have to be like golden demon worthy not that they were even close to being golden demon worthy right like but like they don't have to be that level of perfection they they just they need to look great i need to be happy with it and then they can go onto the table you know Mm -hmm. so i think that that has kind of sped up um i think i've learned some extra techniques like i said right now i'm i'm dry brushing uh some skin on some little hobgrots uh, or hobgoblins, sorry, hobgoblins, and um, basically I'm, you know, dry brush. I, they're gray, mo- I gray primer, a little bit lighter uh, paint, you know, for the to pick out the highlights, and then I'm gonna spray them with a little wash through the airbrush, and that's gonna be their skin. You, you know go. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's like that's all I really need for these little guys. Like there's so many little these little guys, and I don't care if they are literally the picture perfect model because they're just they're chaff in the game you know what i mean so um yeah like just you know trying to make sure that the perfect isn't the enemy the good and really just working on on what i have and 
coming up with um, some more simple color schemes that where I'm not using like 14 colors for each model like you know get that down and work through it and and then just knock them out so that's my goal that's a good one yeah yeah then you can stop hearing me complain about it every week <laughs> yeah it's going to be the simple <clears throat> the simple approach I think I'm going to do the same thing with my um, the box I might be getting uh, at Christmas time <laughs> I'm going to uh, I'm gonna keep a very very easy probably three color uh, approach for yeah. those models and just trying to knock them out. You know the other thing too. I know I know that with your other sisters you were using kind of the reductive um, uh, grime you know grim dark yep. style, which mm-hmm. is super easy comparatively, right? Yeah. Um, and I have been working my airbrush more and trying to do finer details with um the airbrush and that has sped things up considerably yeah Mm -hmm. you know so so i think i think one way for me to get to where i need to be for this goal is to improve my airbrushing skills so that i can you know confidently airbrush some of these 28 millimeter models and um you know get get the details without you know causing a huge mess yeah so i think i think that'll be key cool yeah well, we got some goals, gentlemen. Yeah, I think these are, I think those are some pretty legit goals. Like we kind of talked about earlier that like, oh, maybe these are too high in the sky or whatever, but I think we kind of adjusted them to where like, hey, these are like real attainable goals that we can that we can try to do. Well, so. and you could win the war on the gray by stop giving money to the gray. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's, that's kind of what I was getting at there. You're but aiding that, uh, and abetting the enemy. You know, <laughs> You know what? What's life if you if you were perfect? Okay, like you know, I'm sorry that my fault is that I love models too much. I'm jo- I joke about this, but look, I could just go grab uh, Journeys in Middle Earth off the shelf right now, and there's 200 minis right there, mm-hmm. ready oh, yeah, to be yeah. painted if I wanted to paint. Yeah. If I was any good at it. Cool. At least you're well, good at it. At least you have skill. At least you could paint and go, wow, I like the way that looks. Some of us don't have that. <laughs> well, look, and I mean, and I put a lot of I've put a lot of effort into into becoming better at painting, right? Um, like I'm still probably not nearly the level that I would like to be, but to be honest with you, like I've gotten to a point in painting that um, painting to me is like my relaxing time. So if I'm trying to put too much pressure on myself to paint, yeah, and I'm starting to feel stressed out by painting, like I'm doing it wrong yeah. at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I need to make sure that like the activity that's supposed to de-stress me does not stress me out more. You know, yeah. and it, it had been a while since I had painted, and I picked some up last night again to kind of work on some of these guys, and I'm just like, man, I feel so much better after I do it. Like I feel so much better. So you know, I just need more painting in my life. There you go. So set up a painting party. Let's do it. Yeah, we need to. I will. I will. I will look for that. So invite me. I've got some gray. I don't have any Games Workshop now, but I still have gray. I told you. Hey, the gray is in. The gray is important. If you if you are gonna do a party, why don't you wait till after Christmas? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly. There's, (laughs) There's not that many days between now and Christmas anyway. That's true. Yep. So, anyway, um, 
thank you to everybody who listened and uh, hope you guys all make uh, your New Year's resolutions that uh, include your gaming and geeky hobbies that you have. I think a lot of times we focus on uh, wanting to like lose weight or you know do some do some other projects and sometimes we forget about setting goals for some of the fun things that we do because it's like oh like it's kind of an afterthought for us yeah you know like oh like yeah if i find time i'll, I'll game with my friends because you don't feel like it's that important but i think i think 2020 and 2021 showed us that like you know having that human connection and having kind of that social interaction is so important i mean that's what makes us you know human when it comes down to it is is that interaction that we have and and what better way than like gaming with some friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, yep. and I think having that, having that human act- interaction through gaming, if you can set some goals to improve that, I think that, you know, you'll find your, your life is, uh, is a little bit more meaningful for you. So that's Agreed. my take anyway. Agreed. Yeah. You're here. So thank you everybody for listening. Like us, share, subscribe, you know, do smash all the buttons, all the buttons for us. Except for the and one with the thumbs down. Yeah, the, don't smash that one or the delete. <laughs> don't smash that one either. Yeah. You know, smash almost all the buttons. Almost all of them. Yes, the positive ones. So thank you. Thank you, everybody. Have a great new year. And, uh, yeah, let the old man die. So. <laughs> all right, we'll see you guys. That's a deep right, cut. Bye. bye. bye.